Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our weekly classified Rayman Intelligence Audio Brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Gray Man Briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away. All right, thanks, David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness. As always, with the bottom line up front. We're going to start today with the Second Amendment briefing. Just as a note, I'm only going to give you a few little sentences of information on each one of these topics. On our briefing service, we deep dive into them. We give you our analysis. We give you sources. We cite them. We talk more about it. But I'm just going to give you the bare bones for your situational awareness. Let's start in the state of New Jersey. A law back in 2022 that passed and is currently in effect is probably the largest ban of guns in U.S. history. The issue here is it's just coming to light by reading the language of the bill and kind of putting it to light with other case laws. If you look at the language, it says a firearm frame or firearm receiver, which is not imprinted with a serial number registered with a federally licensed manufacturer, end quote, are banned. All those weapons are banned. So the idea of this law was make manufacturers serialize their firearms and outlaw those that aren't. However, if you read into it, this will also apply to BB guns, pellet guns, muzzle loaders, black powder, antique firearms, everything, every firearm. And in the state of New Jersey, BB guns are considered a firearm, so this may not be relevant in other states, but since this is the New Jersey law and New Jersey also considers BB guns, pellet guns, firearms, that means they're outlawed. No law enforcement agency is enforcing this yet because it's just kind of now coming to light a year later. So we wanted to bring this to your attention. It could be possibly considered the biggest ban we have. Let's move over to a national Second Amendment briefing. Let's talk about the ATF final rule 2021R08F, the one factoring criteria for firearms with attached stabilizing braces. On June 1st, it became law. It went into effect. And if you possess and have these stabilizing braces on your firearms without having them registered, because now that amnesty is over and you can't have them registered for free anymore, which I don't know why you would register your firearms, but if you did not and you have this, you are a felon if caught and charged and convicted. The U.S. House actually passed H.J. Resolution 44, which was to basically overturn and disapprove that rule, but it did not pass in the Senate. I think it was like by one vote it didn't pass. We knew it wouldn't pass the Senate, so this law remains in effect. Next up, we're going to talk about a law that has passed in multiple states, including Montana, Texas, Florida, North Dakota, West Virginia, Mississippi, and Idaho. All of these states have passed bills 
that will block the implementation of that merchant category code, the MCC code, that can be used to track the citizen's purchase of firearms using a financial institution. So all these states will make it basically where when you scan your credit card at Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart or a pawn shop, the credit card company can't report that that was a firearm. And over in the state of Hawaii, they have now banned firearms nearly everywhere with a sensitive locations application of the law. It's basically that landmark brewing case. It's a workaround for it. The governor's already signed it into law. It was SB 1230. It bans firearms at schools, government buildings, public transportation locations, public assemblies, bars, restaurants, or any restaurant that serves alcohol, I should say. Parks, beaches, sports facilities, movie theaters, hospitals, an entire list, even churches. And the note of this is it basically says in some of these private areas, like a church or a certain business, the firearm, any firearm is banned there unless the owner of that business actually puts a sign out or otherwise notes that they allow firearms. So you have to basically say you allow the Second Amendment in order for that to be exercised freely now in the state of Hawaii. And over in Colorado, specifically the city of Broomfield, Broomfield City, the council there voted back on June 13th on two different gun control laws, an ordinance 2189 and ordinance 2192. It moved the legal age to purchase a firearm to 21. So an 18 year old can't purchase a hunting rifle anymore in that city. It also creates a 10 day waiting period. Over in California, a new constitutional amendment has been proposed to restrict the Second Amendment. The governor of California proposed the 28th Amendment be added to the Constitution in order to, quote, combat gun crime. It also would raise the minimum wage to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. It mandates what they call universal background checks, which already exist, institute a waiting period for all firearm purchases, and it bans what the far left defines as assault weapons, along with a whole array of other things that they're going to stick in that amendment. And finally, in the state of Connecticut, the governor has signed into law a single bill that bans open carrying of firearms. It limits firearms to only three being allowed to be purchased per month. It bans firearms in most restaurants, bans firearms in public vehicles unless there's a permit, and restricts transporting firearms in vehicles. This is H6667 that was passed and signed into law. Up next is the supply chain briefing. UPS workers are threatening to strike on August 1st if acceptable terms are not met in their new contract. So 350,000 unionized workers with UPS, they're represented by the Teamsters. They're wanting an array of things from what it sounds like pretty needed things like air conditioners in their trucks and fans and things like that. If they don't get what they're wanting, they will strike if the deal isn't agreeable by the end of July. As I said, they deliver 24 million packages. If the strike occurs, it's looking like 15 million of those packages will not be delivered each day. So that means some of them are going to be picked up by like FedEx, the United States Postal Service. But if you're trying to ship or receive something early August, just keep that in mind. Keep an eye on this possible strike and we'll see what happens. And one other note, as we're talking about the supply chain, let's talk about wheat. So drought conditions could possibly lead to a disruption of baking wheats, like what you're using to make bread or cakes and stuff. Specifically in Kansas, which is the fifth largest global exporter of such wheats, they're now seeing farmers chemically kill their crops. 19% of the crops that 
produce bacon wheats in Kansas are being voluntarily destroyed by farmers through chemical killing or grazing reassignments. This is when farmers discard the basically the losses they're having from the drought in hopes to make insurance claims. Of the 37 million acres of wheat, only 25 million are able to yield positive harvest right now. Some agricultural analysts have projected a wide-scale supply chain shortage and price gouging, specifically dealing with baking wheats. This is majorly affecting the agricultural industry in Tana, like I said, Kansas, Texas, Colorado, South Dakota, and Nebraska, as they're all were recently under a severe drought level. And up next is our infrastructure and cybersecurity briefing. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's CISA, they just recently confirmed that Chinese Communist Party-linked cyber attack that occurred in Guam, and they issued an advisory about the threats posed by that attack to all of the Five Eyes nations. So that's the intelligence allied nations. The NSA co-authored the advisory and explained that the attack employed tactics, techniques, and procedures associated with living off the land approach, which uses built-in network administrative tools to avoid endpoint detection and response countermeasures. So early indications are that this breach is probably the most critical cyber attack ever conducted against the U.S. by foreign adversaries. And if it's not resolved, could severely impact the U.S.'s communications and operations related to the defense of East Asia partners, specifically Taiwan, how China and Taiwan are at their little conflict right now. Officials said that the scope and scale of the breach isn't yet known and that CCP-linked hackers may still have access to U.S. systems. Separately, in mid-June, we we determined that an increase of internet and electrical outages appears to be happening. We try to track outages weekly. And when we start seeing trends like them all kind of occurring in a few days period, we like to cover it. So we did a briefing about how Meta and Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, they all experienced worldwide outages in mid-June. 42,000 Xfinity customers in Florida had an internet outage. In South Carolina, the airport there reported a complete power failure. Um, in Canada, TD Bank suffered a batch processing issue preventing deposits from going to customers' accounts. Nationwide, about 500,000 people lost power due to storm damages. 500 plus services, including Amazon, Twitter, Discord, suffered temporary internet global outages. This included an uptick in internet outages for Spectrum customers. In Alaska, residents are suffering from a multi-week long internet outage due to a cut fiber telecommunications cable. Outages were also seen in Texas with CloudFerry, in Virginia with Comcast and PCCW, in North Carolina with Spectrum, in New York with Prolexic, Reddit, and Twitch, in Florida with Comcast and Prolexic, in Ohio. Well, you get the point here. We tracked a whole lot and just the middle of June, maybe June 14th through June 18th, seemed like power and internet was going out everywhere. So just as a trend for your situational awareness, don't rely on this sort of stuff. And by this sort of stuff, I mean the ability to power your house and go on the internet. More and more disruptions are happening, whether it be by hostile actors, by the infrastructure itself, maybe the fiber cables aren't properly you know, buried. Be aware and be ready for some outages. It's happening and it's happening more often. Okay, and let's talk about a global hacking campaign. The Department of Energy, along with other federal agencies and 50 plus businesses, schools, and hospitals 
or hit with a ransomware attack. The culprit appears to be Klopp, which is a ransomware group with Russian links. Of particular curiosity with this event, the ransomware group did not ask for money. They only deleted data. So we're still tracking this one, but if you want to look more into it, it was CLOP, that's C-L-0-P. As time progresses, we're furthering our analysis of this CLOP group and this recent attack. It also impacted the Oregon Department of Transportation and the Louisiana Office of Motor Vehicles, meaning it collected millions of data from citizens. Specifically in Oregon, 3.5 million citizens' data was compromised because, you know, these agencies, they have your driver's license information, your vehicle information, and Klopp stole all that as well. And they're telling citizens basically to contact the IRS to secure your tax filings and refunds, monitor your social security benefits, change your passwords, monitor your credit card. And some of them are actually under a federal law. They're getting free credit monitoring because of this CLOP attack. And up next is our national security briefing. Starting with the Department of Homeland Security's new INTAS bulletin that was actually published in late May, they've warned of attacks in the coming months related to election and legislative decisions. The bulletin also negates far-left terrorism and emphasizes white supremacy as the prevalent threat to the U.S. We've got the bulletin as well as our analysis on our briefing. Again, if you want to read more into each one of these topics we're giving to you real quick, you can go to www.graymanbriefing.com. That's grayman with an A. And we have our sources on there. We have our analysis. We have the full kind of news article, and we'll go more into detail into each one. Up next, the Government Accountability Office found that the Department of Energy, the one that oversees the U.S.'s nuclear weapon safety, has failed to implement seven programs on countering insider threats. The department accepted the findings and are working to create a process to integrate those uh, risk countermeasures. We'll briefly touch on border security in here as well. The governor of Virginia announced the deployment of 100 Virginia National Guard troops to the southern border to aid Texas. Also, just for your situational awareness, the governors also of South Dakota, Florida, South Carolina, and Iowa as well as West Virginia, have also announced the deployment of their guard troops to the U.S.-Mexico border. And in Alaska, a new report details incidents from recent years when mostly Chinese nationals alleged to be spies posed as tourists in Alaska to gain access, basically under the guise of getting lost while trying to record the Northern Lights or, you know, while doing touristy things in Alaska. These CCP-linked spies have been gaining access to military bases. In some cases, their espionage teams have utilized drones and have planted sensors that could pick up sensitive communications. And since it's of interest, we'll also mention this U.S. Air Force whistleblower. He disclosed to Congress and the intelligence community inspector general that the U.S. government has conducted retrievals of non-human origin technical vehicles. Basically, he's saying that, well, I kinda need to tell you who he is. So, he's worked with the National Reconnaissance Office He's worked with the All-Domain and Anomaly Resolution Office, basically those who investigate UAPs, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And he's claiming that the government for years has been covering up the existence of extraterrestrial aliens and alien vehicles. He's got a pretty serious background, so if you're going to believe a whistleblower, this would be the one to believe. 
but this is just one man and his disclosures. So we've got the links to that as well in the briefing. Up next is our health and safety briefing along with our self-sufficiency briefing. We'll start with a recall notice. Pre-packaged frozen fruits, basically mixed tropical cherry, pineapple, blackberries, strawberries. They have been recalled and these are packages that are available in Walmart, Target, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, and Aldi. Uh, they've been recalled due to listeria contamination. Moving over into COVID, COVID-19 that is, an FDA study found that there was an increased risk of myocarditis among children who received the COVID-19 vaccine. FDA researchers in a federally funded cohort study of 3 million plus children aged 5 to 17, they found that those who received the COVID-19 vaccination and those aged between 12 and 17 faced a heightened risk of myocarditis and pericarditis, which is that heart inflammation and heart condition, compared to those who did not receive the vaccine. Separately, the FDA has revoked authorization of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine at Janssen's request. That's the maker of the J&J vaccine. All J&J vaccines purchased by the U.S. government have expired, and according to the FDA, there is, quote, no demand for new lots of the Janssen COVID-19 vaccine in the United States, and Janssen does not intend to update the strain composition of this vaccine to address emerging variants. And up next, that COVID-19 Origin Act of 2023 from a few months ago, ordering the intelligence community to declassify information related to the potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origins of COVID-19 has now come out. The report outlines the intelligence community's understanding of the Wuhan Institute, its capabilities, and the actions of its personnel leading up to the early days of the pandemic. We got the whole report on there for you on the briefing, but in short, the report explains that five intelligence community agencies assessed that the virus originated naturally from an animal, while the FBI and Department of Energy assessed that the virus originated from a lab accident, and it also noted that the CIA had no idea, no assessment, and uh, if you want to read that, it's on our briefing. And last up in our health and safety briefing here is some scientists that were studying the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines found that there was DNA encoded in the spike gene that is, quote, potentially capable of inserting into the genome of an organism. So just for your information, health authorities allow for some traces of DNA in products such as vaccines, but they're limited 330 nanograms by the European Medicines Agency, and they're limited to, I believe it's, I want to say it was like 30 nanograms. Well, anyway, I can't remember the exact amount that the other agency allowed, but the FDA also limits it to 330 nanograms per milligram of that vaccine. So if you're looking at this right here, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, they have 35% more DNA than what's allowed. So there's that information. And moving into our self-sufficiency briefing, chronic wasting disease. This is that disease that's popular among deer, elk, and moose. It's now been reported in 30 US states. Keep in mind, it's nothing new. It's been around, I think, since the 70s. But as more detections are found, we're seeing increased restrictions and regulations on hunting. Uh, for example, back in April, North Carolina, with their surveillance, they picked up a few more cases in the state, and now they're prohibiting baiting and transporting of carcasses to processing centers. So if you've ever hunted, you know the importance of being able to bait deer in the months leading up to hunting season. So 
just be aware of this. These rules are coming out more and more often. They're making you take the skulls to labs to determine if the disease is in that deer you got. We're seeing more restrictions on the times of the year. You know, they're limiting it to less days you're allowed to hunt. Um, so this definitely affects those who both depend on hunting as a way to supplement their food supply and even that as a hobby. So there you go. And over in New York, one district there in New York City, along with the NYC Department of Environmental Protection, they're hosting a handout of 55-gallon plastic rain barrels to citizens in the district and others on a first-come, first-served basis. The event's scheduled for July 15th, and the idea here is to, quote, help preserve resources and create resilient communities, which is particularly encouraging as we combat the effects of climate change. So, sounds good. The government there is handing out free rainwater collection barrels in a time when we've seen a lot of regulation on rainwater collection barrels. There's plenty of states and cities that prohibit it. They just don't let you collect water. They want you to be hooked to the system. So this is kind of a something different. So we thought we'd report that to you as well. Okay, we're gonna move into civil unrest briefing in just a few minutes. Before I do that though, I'd like to kind of recap a couple of things from our field notes section, kind of some updates and just some random information for you. So a study published in the Environmental Science and Technology they compiled data from three major U.S. cities to assess the degree to which heat-related morbidity and mortality change in response to a concurrent major blackout event, or an MBE. This is when a power outage lasts for more than an hour and affects more than 50,000 people. So MBEs have increased by 151% in the U.S. from 2015 to 2021. Of interest, researchers found that if an MBE coincided with a heat wave in Phoenix, Arizona, the heat wave related death rate would spike by 700%. So the study assessed that 50% of residents in Phoenix, Arizona, if it happened there, that's about 800,000 people, would require hospitalization and about 13,000 would die. Separately, let's talk about an incident at Target stores in Oklahoma, New York and New Hampshire, Vermont, and actually Louisiana. So a lot of stores, I think it was five different stores. They all received bomb threats. All five stores were evacuated. An email received by Target read, this is quote, we are going to play a game and explain that two of the five locations have improvised explosive devices concealed within the shelved products in the store. The email accused Target of betraying the LGBTQ community over perceptions that Target's moving a pride line of clothing from the front of the store to the back of the store was a means of abating those who opposed that child grooming and propaganda stuff. The email further read, you have betrayed the community. You are pathetic cowards who bowed to the wishes of far-right extremists who want to exterminate us. We will not tolerate intolerance nor indifference. If you are not with us, then you are against us. That is why we have placed a bomb in each of your locations. Evacuate now, as this is only to cause economic damage. Of interest in this one, if you read anything about this story on mainstream media, all the headlines would read something to the effect of, you know, Target receives bomb threats, sometimes in regards to their pride clothing. And the intent there was like, to make you think it's because of how the right or the conservatives are posing Target's recent inclusion of pride clothing, especially that for children in their stores. So they wanted to give that idea 
hey, it's the right that did these bomb threats, and they didn't even mention it was actually the far left that did the bomb threats. And we read about seven articles on it, and only two of the articles even mentioned this email or mentioned that it was from the far left. It just gave a kind of a generic, hey, Target got bomb threats, and they tried to tie it back to how the right was upset over that pride line of clothing. So that's kind of a form of media bias and censorship in itself, and just wanted to note that to you. And finally, before we move to civil unrest, Daniel Penny. This is that U.S. Marine in New York City. He's the one that subdued that erratic man. He's now been indicted on one count of criminally negligent homicide and one count of second-degree manslaughter in connection to the death of that homeless man who's been arrested 40-plus times, including, I think it was about 10 times for attacking people on subways. So just of note, you know, it's one of those things you see something, you want to protect others, and then it backfires on you and you get charged with murder. We don't have all the facts here, but that's kind of the way this one looks. It's one of those, it doesn't look like the veteran tried to kill him, looks like he just tried to subdue him, and the chokehold apparently led to his death. So we wanted to, to bring that to your attention as well. Let's move into civil unrest. In our civil unrest briefing, again, we cannot go into a lot of detail for each one of these. If you go to graymanbriefing.com, everything I mentioned here is explained in greater detail. We've got the sources cited, we've got videos, news articles for you to reference. So I'm just going to quickly read this out to you. If any of these relate to you, to your area of operation, or anything of your concern, look further into it. This will be fast for time. Let's get into it. Eco-terrorists disable 40-plus vehicles in the state of Massachusetts. Target hires a Satanist to design their new pride line of children clothes and tuck-friendly bikinis. They called an emergency meeting. They lost $8-plus billion after boycotts. They pulled some apparel from the shelves. In California, a 1,000-plus protest in opposition to a violent black trans criminal being shot by a security guard during a robbery. The Dodgers see public outcry for and against sacrilegious drag nuns. Teen takeover mobs grow. New York City subway incident protests continue. A teen crowd assaults military veterans in California. Pro-choice activists assault an elderly pro-life activist in Maryland. Stop Cop City promoters arrested for money laundering in Georgia. Pentagon pulls back drag shows at its bases, parents and students protest against LGBT actions at public schools in Idaho and California, gun control activists conduct a sit-in protest in Colorado, trans-resistant march passes out dildos and snacks to families in Massachusetts. Sorry, I can't say that state very well. Christian was arrested for lawfully counter-protesting a pride event in Pennsylvania. Parents protest against LGBT agendas in elementary school. Also related, Antifa pepper sprays those parents. Both sides attack each other. This all occurred in California. The Southern Poverty Law Center labeled parental rights groups as extremist. Christian and Muslim parents both protested in Maryland against LGBT curriculums. Parents in Canada protested against their children being called they them. This is when everyone had to be called they them. They're in Canada. Even if your boy was born a boy and wants to be a boy, he cannot be called a he. He can only be called a they. So that's why parents are protesting there. Native Americans created roadblock to protest 
the Biden administration due to an oil ban in New Mexico. The White House sees trans activists bare nude. The White House violated U.S. flag code. Nazis protest at Disney World. Pro-Trump protesters rallied outside a Florida courthouse. Trans Tifa conducts a direct action against women's rights groups in Washington. Middle schoolers in Massachusetts again. Sorry about that. <laughs> they protested against school order to wear rainbow attire. Instead, the middle schoolers wore red, white, and blue. Christians rally and pray outside that Dodger Stadium to oppose those drag nuns. So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. Stay sharp.